Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of Second Helpings. I am again Pastor Zach and Pastor Dan. Dan, if they don't know us by now, should I keep introducing us? That would be Uh, peculiar, wouldn't it? Well, but the problem is if somebody tunes in who doesn't know us. There you go. There you go. Mr. X and Mr. Y. I'm so narrow. I'm so that's the problem. So I just I don't want to make I don't want to belittle our uh, our brothers and sisters. Oh, they they're very graceful. <laughs> they are. They're very kind and generous. I think anybody knows in that situation that I would be pointing out my own deficiencies, not theirs. Hopefully. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us again. Um, we're still in Second Timothy. We're still in chapter three. We're still in chapter uh, chapter three verses six through nine. Right. It's part yeah. Deuce. Yep. Today. Um, and I know you had mentioned that you wanted to do a little bit more on uh, Janice and John Bray, so I'm just going to tee you up and let you kind of do a little bit more for us. Tell us a little bit more about why they're mentioned and what the implications are in the text. Yeah, really quick, verses 8 and 9, uh, he's walked down through not only verses 1 through 5, the qualities, 18 different qualities that will be synonymous with the end of times. Out from within those types of people, false teachers, false leaders, false pastors come up. And then you have the the marks, the people that they'll go after. And then when you get in verse 8, it starts talking about the types of people these these will be. And he identifies two individuals that says, just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. So Janus and Jambres... Um, in Jewish history, they're not in the Bible. Jewish history is these are the two mus- uh, magicians. Uh, there could be more, but yeah. this is historically identified. And so these are the guys in the Prince of Egypt, the two guys who are dancing around making the the various lab experience go, uh, go up. And th- we don't know if these guys actually had these names. Most likely, these weren't their names. The two names, man of or one of seduction, Janus, and Jambrage represents the idea of rebellion. So when we think about that in our term today, false teachers always in seduction, they misrepresent the truth or they twist or distort the truth, always. Then Jambrage, this idea of rebellion, it has to do with authority. And so they either minimize uh, other people's authority around them and maximize their authority. Yeah. There's always a minimum. They never. They're never balanced in this. So one of the ways you know false teachers is that. Now, when he says in verse nine, they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all. Well, what does that mean? Uh, does that mean that um, somehow God will mark them? They'll glow in the mm-hmm. dark. Uh, they'll they'll expose themselves in the sense of going a rant. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think the point is, Timothy, as I'm telling you these things, is I'm giving you the kind of outline of their characteristics, who they go after, the fact that they're going to distort truth and they're going to maximize their own authority. They're going to they're going to go out of bounds with that and minimize the authority of others in their lives. You'll make them plain. In other words, it'll be plain after I've given you this grid. It'll be plain to you, so it won't be like, well, where are they at? How do I know? 
Well, just apply the scripture. Just apply what I've just told you. And that's how you knew. Just like Janice and John Burris, they were exposed. When Moses came down off the mountain, he sees the gold. He sees that. He hears the message. The truth has been distorted. This is now our God. Follow. Don't follow Moses. Follow me. Rebellion. So you've got that idea of authority there. And it's plain to everybody. And what happens in that passage in Exodus? Moses separates the people. The evil's on one side, the righteous are on the other, and judgment comes. So the point will be, you'll ju- you'll be just like Moses was, because now you have the truth. You'll be able to discern who's the right, who's the wrong, um, who is it you follow, and who is it you don't follow. It'll be plain to you. It's plain to you through the truth that I've just given you. Yeah. I think that's the key, too, is seeing that truth. Like, that's the thing that exposes. And because there's two... Uh, it seems so obvious that I don't want to point it out, but I think we need to point it out because we see people slip into this so frequently. It is the pure essence of the truth that you're driving on. Because first you talk about deception. The best deception, every every good liar knows, mm. the best deception is the one that's 99% right. Yeah, totally, right? totally. Get as close to truth as you can yeah. and you can calm people. Yeah. Um, and the other part being that whenever deception gets exposed, it's always exposed by one thing, the truth, right? <laughs> it's the thing. Yeah. So, And it seems so elementary. But we can get, and I think you see this when we talked before about that when he's talking about the weak women, it it seems pretty obvious that he's either, whether he's referring to a particular group of women that are in that church or whatever, he's referring to these people that are known for being deceived. Um, He's not saying that women are weak in general. He's talking about people that have easily deceived themselves. And the reason they do it is because they pursue knowledge for the sake of the pursuit and not for the actual truth of it. So what we're seeing here is all of this where the truth is so important that people almost forget to make it central in their life Mm. and they go after other little things. And that is how you're going to become a mark, right? Yeah. Uh, we used to say that's how you can become a sucker. Right? That's how we used to say it back where I grew up. <laughs> that that is a guy that says he's a mark. It's going to be so easy to pull one over on him, right? Um, which makes me think the, a great way for us as leaders, right? The, so we have a responsibility as elders in this church to expose things when we see them. Yeah. Um, we are never to come out and expose somebody for the sake of them being exposed. We are to expose the truth, and the truth yeah. will expose it. Yeah. We have the privilege of doing that, but some yeah. people back away from it. Yeah, and it, it's a hard thing. So like in my D group this morning, somebody asked, do you think that all false teachers know they're false? Oh. And, and, and and I don't think so. Yeah. I think that one of the things that's kind of diabolical, there's a symbiotic relationship between a church or a group of people and a false leader or false teacher. The more that the, the group says that's great stuff and more people keep coming, the more the leader who is teaching falsely could go, this has got to be right. Yeah. This is I'm on I'm on God's side. So therefore, just like in this verse, verse nine, there'll be it'll be evident. It's evident because somebody goes, hey, what you just taught is not what the passage is saying. And so therefore, there's a posing. Yeah. And so therefore, it 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 brings accountability yeah. to that individual. So if, if people are in a church and they go, well, who am I to point this out or a group of people? Who am I? I'm not saying you stand on the rooftop. Yeah. I'm saying you go <laughs> yeah. to the pastor and say, you taught X. Yeah. Did I mishear you? Right. Did I misunderstand? Because how do you reconcile what this says? Yeah. And it's not that we're not going to have differences. But when those differences encroach on the character of God or the what the gospel is or the condition of humanity. Yeah. So we talked about last week Robert Schuller when he said the idea of 
the original sin that we're all sinners born in sin when that was the thing that the reformation produced it's the worst thing that could have ever happened right there you go okay boom yeah yeah this is not a picayune (laughs) this is a big deal so dr schuler do you not believe in original sin do you not believe we're born sinners and he would have said no then i would say let me tell everybody around me This guy is disagreeing with scripture. And so it's evident to all. Why is it evident to all? Because he's violating truth. I see truth. I want to make sure I mark him with other people because I don't want people to believe that because if they believe that, then they don't need Christ. They don't need the gospel. All they need is a better vision of themselves, positive thinking, and that will damn them to hell. So. I want to make that evident to all. Absolutely. In some place that didn't happen. Some place somebody said in the Crystal Cathedral, yeah. hey, this is a great guy. Yeah, he's off a little bit here, but he's like, well, look at all the people here. That's look right. at this Crystal <clears throat> Cathedral, which now is a, is a Catholic diocese. Yeah. It's there's Roman Catholics. <laughs> so at some point, somebody along the line didn't take what, yeah. what Paul has said to Timothy, and they didn't broadcast it in a bunch of suckers. Yeah. I think there's a, one of the things that we have to realize is coming to this point of do they know is I think probably there's a, the reality is probably a lot of people don't know they're preaching bad stuff. Yeah. But when you approach them, two people yeah. seeking big, truth for the big. sake of God's glory better being yeah. displayed, that's always a safe environment. Yeah. That is always a safe Huge. environment. Now, you might go, well, if I know if I go to my pastor, it's not a safe environment. Well, maybe one of you is not actually seeking truth for the sake of God's yeah. glory. Yeah. You're seeking it for the glory of somebody else, right? When you yeah. have that right, that's a good relationship. That's nourishing. That's yeah. you know basic church discipline and the good kind that we want to have is going. Here's a corrective, brother. Yeah, see the response. When I there was a carnival that used to always come in a giant state fair. Actually, it was huge, and I remember there was a place that um, my friends would jump the fence to get into this fair without paying. Don't do this at home, kids. Not Dan. But Dan the, but, oh, I <laughs> Before as a Christian. But this is the wild thing, is that we would jump this place in the fence that there were no security people, but there was a dog. Mm. <laughs> and what they said is, as soon as you jump the fence, you're going to land on the doghouse and then run. <laughs> and so what we would do is we'd land on the doghouse and run. And I, I remember thinking, as I was jumping the fence, landing on the doghouse, thinking, a dog's a lot faster than that. Like, how is this going to work? But I remember I jumped off and ran, and the dog came flying out, but he was on a chain. So therefore, he couldn't get me. So a good teacher, a good pastor is on the chain of God's truth. In other words, he won't... But if you get somebody who's a false teacher or insecure pastor um, who's not interested in truth, he's not on a chain. Yeah. And he will tear you up if yeah. you get in his territory. And so I think that that's where um, any good pastor wants people to grow in the truth, God's truth, not interested in being wrong, so wants to engage in Scripture. But if somebody dismisses you and minimizes you or doesn't help you walk through a passage, then you have reasons to suspect. And a false teacher, you can be a teacher, a pastor can be wrong on something you can disagree. They should be approachable. And... That pastor is going to learn things and grow. But on the fundamentals, if someone's a pastor and we're talking about the deity of Christ, that's bad. You can't mess that up as a pastor. Yeah. You can absolutely, you can't, there are things which we have forgotten this in our society. You can agree to disagree on some things. Yeah. We can disagree on our eschatology, right? Yeah. There are things that you cannot agree to disagree on that are fundamental. And you need to know these things. You need to understand that. And I think something important to point out, and because 
Paul's done this previously when he's already walked, talked with Timothy earlier when he's talking about the qualifications for mm-hmm. these men who should be doing this. Yeah. You do need to know, as brothers and sisters, there are unqualified bro- men and women, unfortunately, filling pulpits around this country. Oh, yeah. And it might come to the point to where the reason they're preaching wrong is they're not able to teach. They are inept with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that does happen. Yeah. We're not trying. We, we are. That saddens us. Yeah, uh, Dan was poking much. around my backyard a little bit because he knows I have a, a brother from years ago that is like that, that is preaching mm-hmm. at a big church that is unqualified for the pulpit because he's not able to handle the scriptures well. Yeah. Right? Um, I know you weren't trying to pick at me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but these are things that are true. And as a believer, mm-hmm. you need to understand the truth so that you can go and maybe you can disagree and maybe they can even be amenable to it and say, okay, I see you, but I'm right, you're wrong. But you go, yeah, but you're wrong on something that you shouldn't be wrong about. Yeah. And me and my family need to walk, right? Yeah, actually, there's a guy um, I was working with who's a pastor, and there was something that he he can't get wrong. Yeah. Uh, and he was getting it wrong. And then he said that. He said that to me. Well, you know, as pastors, we can agree to disagree. And I went, oh, time out. I said, no, no, no. There's some things I agree to disagree, but I want to be very clear. I think you're wrong. And I, I think it's a situation, this is really reflective of your spiritual condition. Mm. And he was very offended. Mm. And I said, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to warn you. Yeah. I'm warning you and, and, and bring this to you like somebody who cares about somebody, because I don't want to see you go this direction, because yeah. this is not only damaging for your people, this is damaging for you, because yeah. this reflects the character of God. And after that, I think... He received it, but he's been kind of standoffish, and I and I understand that. But I hope he's standoffish to me, and but he's looking at it and at least engaging because yeah. it is not to agree to disagree. Yeah. I think you're wrong. So even when you talk with whether it's Mormons or Jehovah Witnesses, care for them well, point out the truth. But in the end, don't allow them to do that type of thing because I've had them do that too. Well, it's a good uh, thing yeah. we're on the same yeah. team, good show. but we're just uh, we're just playing a different position. No, 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 no. I want to be really clear. One of us is going to hell, yeah. <laughs> and it ain't me. Yeah. And, and the reason why is because when you mis, when you misrepresent who Christ is, it, it fundamentally perverts and distorts the gospel. If you think Jesus Christ is an incarnate angel like mm-hmm. Jehovah Witnesses, or you think he's an elevated man like the Mormons, that's the substance of who Christ is. So yeah. what you're believing in is deficient. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how strong your faith is. Yeah. If the object of your faith is not truthful, is yeah. not true, it doesn't matter what your faith in the object is. It is insufficient to carry your faith. That's right. That's right. And so it, it, it's not where I would have different positions. That's right. We're completely different teams. That's right. That's not, you're not in the same ballpark anymore playing no. a different sport. Um, I think let's let's help the brother or sister that says, I don't feel like I can point out those things. By, I want to do a little myth busting at the, right now. Yeah. The scriptures on the fundamentals are not mysterious. Yeah. They are not as hard to figure out as people have made them to be. Yeah. Talk about Mormons, for instance. In order to manipulate the scriptures and where they're so clear, they needed another book, Yeah. right? People, when they start talking about these, well, if you look at this mysterious thing and the way this word is used this one time, it unopens to where you see all this other scripture. Just be careful. Yeah. The, fun, the Lord has been so generous yeah. in that I can have 
a Methodist brother who might have a different view about how salvation happens, right? I might have um, a, a Presbyterian brother who has a different view about how baptism occurs. Yeah. Those things, they can seem a little bit more ambiguous, but we're all going to agree on the deity of Christ, mm. the purpose of salvation of these things, because the scripture yells in big red neon lights, these are fundamentals. So if you think that there's something mysterious and a fundamental, it Church history has just not borne that out. No, We've been able to agree on the fundamentals for a really long time because they are yelling from the pages of the text. Yeah, and if you struggle with it or if you don't know what Jehovah's Witnesses believe or Mormons, find out. And I, what I find in my life, at least, is when I would encounter those things, uh, I would learn about them. And over time, you get this arsenal of uh, weaponry in which you're able to pick them off pretty quick. And yep. there's tons of resources we'd help, love to help if somebody wants to know what are some best resources yeah. when it comes to Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and Islam and Roman Catholicism, whatever it is. Yeah. Because when you know the way they're deficient, you have confidence so you can do like in verse nine, so you can make sure it's evident to all yes. what the falsity is. Yeah. And again, we're not doing it because we're getting scalps. We're getting yeah. uh, victims here and, you know, knocking guys off. And No, we care for people because they're held captive. That's they're right. behind enemy lines. So we want to love people yeah. well, not just win them to our side, win them to what the truth is. That's right. And this so is, that's going to be helpful. This is not about get, and you need to guard for yourself if you're this kind of person who's really into getting the W, right? Yeah. This is not about getting Ws. No. This is about liberating people from bondage. Yeah. So if you think, well, I don't really get into those debates. I don't like having those conversations. So I don't really need to learn that stuff. Look, we're not asking, calling you to a fist fight. We're calling you to a liberation, right? We're calling yeah. you to a rescue mission. And you don't have a whole lot of choice about it, right? Yeah. And where it's called us to this. And if you walk away feeling like, yeah, I put them in my their place. Oh, you missed it. That's oh. a bad But if you walk away and go, man, I'm burdened for that person. Then there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, that leads me to something I wanted to, I want to point out. I told you a little before, hmm. um, talking about the, the idea of the Great Commission, because I see something in this, and, and going back a little bit, um, to this desire for truth. When it's talking about always learning mm. and never coming to a, a decision on the truth, yeah, it stuck to me. And I know this was from a previous message, but you know we're kind of got three messages that are all kind of revolving around this. Mm. It hit me how when you look at the Great Commission, right? Go therefore, well, first of all, the part we always forget: mm. all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, right? Yeah. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe what I have commanded you. Mm. I think we think a lot about teaching, the pursuit of knowledge, and we can jump over the observing part, right? Mm. So when Jesus is talking about that, what it means to be a disciple, in his own words when he's saying that, is to be taught mm. to do the things that you are taught. Observing means to work them out, to embrace yeah. them, yeah. to manifest them in your life. And you see a non-disciple represented right here. When you have somebody mm -hmm. that is always wanting to learn, but never coming to these conclusions about the truth, part of the reason you always want to learn, if you're one of those people, even if it's in the Bible, mm -hmm. and you want to find these little mysterious things, whether or not it's, you know, mm -hmm. some mysterious things about the Nephilim or the angels, or and we get caught up in all this and I sound real <laughs> spiritual, but you never come to the point to where you're out telling people about Christ, where mm -hmm. you're out defending the doctrines of faith, where you're out nourishing people by serving them. I think you're getting caught up in the point to where, yeah, I'm real mm -hmm. big on the teaching part, not so much on the observing part. And I don't want you to think that's okay, because according to Jesus' definition of a disciple, 
you're not one, right? So yeah. you can get better at it, but yeah. these people that Paul is talking about, and I'm not saying he's making a beeline to the Great Commission here when he's doing it, sure. but it definitely would have been, <laughs> he knew a thing or two about Jesus and his command to make disciples. It definitely would have been evident. These people that have been taken captive by this constant learning and never doing, they're not disciples. They're not following Christ. Yeah, and you could say that's one of that characteristic of that mark. And you yeah. can say, well, I, I, I am that person, but I am a disciple. Then go, okay, be careful then. In other words, if you're susceptible to the kind of the controversies and the mystical and yeah. seeing numbers and figuring out the future based on something in the past, some mystical alignment of stars, yeah. and then go, okay, just know this. You're the kind of person that false teachers love. That's right. Because they can just pour, 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 pour all sorts of their mysteries into you. So just be, okay, at that point, go, okay, I need to back off. And know this, that the teachers that go after people like that, the lion's share of their subject matter comes from the Old Testament. And they'll take mm, these they'll take yeah. these passages, these narratives that don't mean anything what they're talking about, yeah. but they can be so mystical oh, and yeah. you can allegorize them to death. Yeah. So that's fertile ground. You'll never find them in yeah. the epistle. You'll never find them in Romans. That's Those good people point. Teach yeah, that's from a Romans. really good point. There's yeah. too much specificity yeah, in Romans. That's really good. If you, if you hear somebody doing that kind of stuff and you think, I say this to people frequently, if the author of the text in today's age, like if Moses was alive now, yeah. what he knows about the New Testament and all this stuff, he has our knowledge, or David was alive now, if you think that they heard the person's teaching on it and they would go, yeah. oh, that's interesting, <laughs> run. <laughs> yeah. If Moses is finding out new stuff about what he wrote, <laughs> that's not how you want to go down. And obviously you're making a speculation there. But I think sometimes if you stop and pump the brakes and you go, yeah. I don't think David's talking about some secret service angels that we didn't know about when he wrote this psalm, uh, you go, yeah, so maybe you shouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and some people crave that. Some people yeah. like remember the old Leonard Nimoy uh, mystery show, oh, where yeah, in yeah, search yeah, yeah. of for those of, for the younger whippersnappers, Spock, right? Yeah, Spock, yeah. the real the guy that plays yeah. Spock. Yeah. And he would get these abstract, the Mayans yeah. and this and the mystery and you know the Earth and the spaceship yeah. that the Mayans were working on, and that's that's fun TV, it's super maybe. Cool. It's yeah. fun to think about, but yeah. that's horrific hermeneutics. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We call that. If, if, for those of you who want a fun task for homework, look up the words exegesis and eisegesis. And once you know what eisegesis yeah. Yeah. is, you will see people doing it with the text all the time. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking of time, we're running out. I'm sure we might have even gone a little bit long. So, yeah. thanks. We'll uh, look forward. Uh, we we can guarantee the people we will get to chapter four. It's yes. Gonna happen. It's yes. Gonna happen. We're going to finish the whole study in May. <laughs> there we go. So, yes, we're moving through getting good stuff. So, yeah. thanks for doing the work. Thanks for bringing the word. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us and being faithful to us um, as we join together on Sunday mornings to be able to preach and be able to exalt our Lord. It's something we love. And then we love talking about it here. So, thanks for joining us uh, in these episodes. Until we see you next time, you guys stay faithful to spreading God's fame, making disciples of Jesus Christ, and enjoying the doing of it. We'll see you later. <laughs>